Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to begin this Martin Luther King Jr. weekend with someone whom we all uh, know, love, and admire, none other than Congresswoman. Maxine Waters joins us from Capitol Hill. Congresswoman, God bless you. Happy Martin Luther King birthday today. How are you? Well, I'm fine, and thank you so very much for having me on today, and happy Martin Luther King's birthday to you also. Um, want to begin that way. You you actually got a chance to, to see Dr. King in the flesh, didn't you? I did at a gathering in Los Angeles. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us about that, if if you would. What was what was that like? Well, you know, if I can recall, I think it was at uh, what was then known as the sports arena, uh, a huge crowd, and um, it was, you know, basically Martin Luther King uh, with one of his wonderful speeches. Everybody there uh, was so delighted and so pleased to be in his presence and hear his words of wisdom. And, you know, he was a preacher, a highly articulate human being who really used the King's English uh, in remarkable ways. And all I can think about is I was amazed always at his use of words, his vocabulary, and the way that he was able uh, to articulate so that people understood exactly what he was saying. So my recall and my remembrance of him is basically in this big picture way. Uh, that, you know, uh, we all admired him and we listened to him, uh, but we were always in awe of him. I remember being in awe of him. What what influence did he have on you and your career? Well, uh, in so many ways, um, first of all, let me just talk about nonviolence. Um, nonviolence was hard for me to understand uh, you know, for a long time, 
and I could not help but think, how can you, uh, you know, be beaten uh, and to be, um, you know, treated in the way that the marchers were being treated and not want revenge and not want to retaliate in some way. Uh, but of course, the more I matured, the more I understood that Dr. Martin Luther King was saving lives uh, with the nonviolence philosophy. I know that he uh, and Gandhi and all uh, were, you know, believers in peace, and these were nonviolent people. But just think, uh, with the kind of uh, artillery and the kind of uh, weapons uh, that are held by those who uh, would attack us still, um, it, it's hard to match. And so even if one thinks about revenge or retaliation, um, unless you understand and appreciate nonviolence uh, in general, but also specifically in uh, that concept, saving lives and not having people sacrifice their lives and put themselves on the line uh, against awesome uh, kind of uh, attacks. Indeed, indeed. Um, so we want to we want to move now. This has been an incredible week for you uh, and everyone in Congress. First of all, we are uh, thankful that you and others uh, are safe. Tell us a bit about your experience on that day, January 6th. Where were you and, and, and what were you facing? Well, thank you very much. Um, I was in the gallery. I had gone up to the gallery uh, to hear uh, the uh, joint session that we were in and the certification of the electoral votes. Uh, and so, of course, as you know, it started out with Pence coming in, who was presiding uh, over the joint session. And of course, they took up the states alphabetically. And uh, Arizona, uh, I think, was it uh, at, when, when they were at, uh, given the uh, votes for Arizona, it was when there was an objection. And when there is an objection, um, the opposition that would be us, uh, because it was Republicans who were re uh, objecting, have an opportunity to, to respond. And then uh, they will be asked whether or not they have someone from the Senate who is joining with them that's part of the constitutional mandate, uh, that it has to be one from the House and one from the Senate who will uh, respond to the objection. And so when it was responded to, uh, there was a division and the senators went back uh, to the Senate uh, to do their two-hour debate. And we, of course, on the House side, uh, stayed in order to do our two-hour debate. And so when our presenters came up, the ones that had been identified as the ones who would respond to the objection, I listened uh, for a little while and I thought, well, I know who they are and I know what they're going to say. And so I think I'll just go back to my office and I'll watch it on television. Mm -hmm. So I left. I left the gallery. I walked out. Uh, the halls were clear. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see, certainly at that point, any protesters, any Capitol Police, or anybody. And it was quite a distance from the gallery over to the House Raven House office building, where I am on the second floor. And the tram uh, that would normally transport us was not working. They had closed it down. I think that was supposed to be one of the security measures. And so I walked quite a distance until I got to my office. By the time I got to my office uh, and turned on the television, the protesters were uh, reaching uh, the barricades mm. and uh, they were uh, onto the steps 
And uh, it was amazing uh, because even then, uh, as I watched, I thought, it's an awful lot of these so-called protesters out there. And uh, one of the reasons I um, paid a close attention to who was doing what and how they were approaching uh, the Capitol was prior to the protest, as they would call it, I had gone to my Democratic caucus and I'd said to them, what do we know about security measures? I think we'd better have a security measures that we're comfortable with. What's the plan? Mm -hmm. So I was told that, yes, there was a plan, and they referred me uh, to the chief of police to talk directly to me about that plan. Uh, the chief of police called me, and I spent one hour with him going through everything that I knew about security. The first thing I asked him was, what, was he going to ensure us that they were going to keep the protesters off the plaza, that area in what would be considered the back of the Capitol uh, where the cars park and come upon? And uh, was he going to make sure that that was kept clear? He said, oh, absolutely. That will be barricaded. They will not be able to get up on that plaza uh, at all. And then I said, well, are you going to have these so-called protesters be on the grassy area right behind the plaza? And he said, well, yes, uh, they will be there, but we'll have police stationed there. I said, well, you know, there could be some opposition to them. There could be those who would want to come opposing them uh, in their protesting. And so he said, but we'll have officers stationed there. And we won't allow anything to break out, no confrontations to take place. They'll all be stationed there. Then I asked him whether or not they were going to carton off or block off the top of the hill in front of the Cannon Building and the Longworth Building and the Raven House Office Building. And he said no, uh, that they had a right uh, to their First Amendment rights uh, for freedom of speech and they weren't going to close that off and they were not going to block off the traffic. I said, well, you can recall when we had uh, protesters up on this hill, they were against Obamacare and some members from the Black Caucus walked out and they spat on John Lewis. And he said, yes, but members on that day of the protest should walk underground. You shouldn't be walking outside. And I thought, well, uh, certainly that's one way uh, that we would, uh, would be safe from those kinds of attacks. But it seems to me we should be concerned about who's coming. I said, are you aware of all of the domestic terrorists uh, who may be coming? I said, by the way, the Proud Boys are in town. They have already publicized that. I said, but I expect the Oath Keepers, uh, uh, A, Anon, uh, white supremacists, uh, you know, all of these groups, I think, uh, might be here. Do you know that? He said, well, no, we have a permitting process. And he went through all of what happens in the permitting process, and people can come and fill out the papers. They would be assigned a place, or if they indicate uh, one of the places that we have designated as a protest place, they could uh, ask for that, and we will know who they are because they will sign in. I said, do they sign in by groups? Do they sign in under Proud Boys? He said, well, they don't have to. Uh, an individual associated with the group, maybe, uh, could sign in, but people sign in according to their name. And I remember thinking, we're going to have to review this uh, permitting process, uh, you know, in the future so that we can tighten it up. Because it seems to me 
we should know everybody that's coming in here. And then I reminded him of Charlottesville and the fact that, you know, you had uh, the white supremacists uh, out there and all the KKK and everybody, and someone had been killed. The young lady had been driven over by a car. And he said, well, that wasn't a group that did that. That was an individual. And I remember him saying that because I tried to think about, well, what was the relevance of that response? I wasn't sure. But again, I didn't think a lot of it. And then I asked whether or not he had the cooperation of the Metropolitan Police from the district. He said, oh, yes, we're working together. Uh, we're, we're planning together. We're working together. And uh, we, uh, we, we've got everything handled. The last thing that I asked him about was the top of the buildings. I said, will you have police officers on top of the building? I said, remember, uh, Martin Luther King was killed from a tall building. John Kennedy was killed, assassinated from up high. And, uh, uh, you know, when snipers want a target, they go on top of the building and they can shoot down, you know, at people. He said to me, well, they certainly can't get on the cap on top of the Capitol. He said they would have to go through the Capitol in order to get up on the Capitol and they can't get in the Capitol. And so, no, that is not going to happen. He assured me that he had everything under control, that they had given consideration uh, to everything uh, that could be possible, et cetera, et cetera. And so I left. I didn't see any reason to sound the alarm based on the information that he was giving me and to go back and maybe try and find out, uh, you know, from our caucus whether or not uh, we should be trying to, you know, upgrade, assess, or do something with a plan. Uh, he was the police chief, and he was assuring me. And, of course, as I watched the breach, and as I watched the invasion, and as I watched the domestic terrorists tear into the building and overrun our uh, uh, Capitol Police, I was shocked. I called him in the middle of that while it was going on, and I said, I am outraged. I am terribly upset. You assured me uh, that you had everything under control. Look at what is happening out there. By that time, they were crashing into the windows. And I don't know if when I was watching and talking to him, whether or not, I think, <clears throat> I think uh, they had gotten into, uh, I know they had gotten into the Capitol building. And I think they were in Statuary Hall. They had rushed that hall. And they had, you know, all kinds of sticks and flags with poles and Trump flags and all of that. And all he could say to me was, we're doing the best we can. And he seemed rather calm. He said, we're doing the best we can. And I slammed up in his face. And so I was blessed in that I left the gallery early. And then, of course, another way that I was blessed, at one point, we were told that they were going to corral us all and get us out of our offices into a safe place over in the Cannon Building where they were going to direct all of the members to. And I believe they said they would have a Capitol Police uh, guide me over where the other members were being guided uh, so that they would know where we were at all times. And I said to them and my staff, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here. Lock the doors. Uh, we'll barricade if we have to, but let's just lock the doors and stay put. And we, I refused to go. And I was pleased about that, and I was blessed in that, you know, that turned out to be uh, uh, a spreader site uh, where we had ended up with three Democrats that we know about 
that were infected. And I think we may have some others that uh, maybe have tested positive who are not telling us uh, because uh, it was a room full of them. I kept asking how many was it? Uh, most of the people said it was probably, you know, somewhere near 100. And we had one of our members who tried to pass out masks that were refused by the Republican. They would not put them on. So I've been blessed in all of this. Uh, and of course, uh, I have learned so much more about what was happening. And I've learned and now believe uh, that one of our members who sang, she believed that the day before, there were some of these so-called protesters that had been let in the building by members of Congress who, and she was surprised because those buildings have been closed down to visitors. And all of a sudden she saw them all. She said she called the Capitol Police wanting to know why there are so many people in the building. I don't remember what her response was, but I also recall getting off the elevator the day before and walking past a group of people. And I thought, I don't know, something a little bit strange, but then one of them called out my name and they said, Maxine Waters. And I turned around and they took my picture and I, I walked away and walked uh, and to, to get uh, uh, to the floor. Now, I think what she saw was a little bit of what I saw. One more thing, the day of the, of the, um, of the outrageous uh, invasion, I was getting out of the car going into the Raven building. There were three white men standing there. One, I saw a red kerchief. I didn't have on a red cap, but it, uh, I think a couple of them had on something red. I walked up to the Capitol Police who was on duty outside, a tall African-American man, and I said to him, you guys keep your eyes out and be careful. Uh, there's strange people around. Now, and I left and I went upstairs. She said, thank you, Ms. Waters. I appreciate that very much. So I do believe uh, that they were basically out uh, the day before, and I don't know if it was maybe two days before, but certainly one day before, casing the joint and learning more about the place. And I think the member who, uh, who made the call has suggested that if these were let in by members, and this is the only way they could get in, the members would have to call them and uh, give them passage in through the Capitol Police. That should be on record and that we should find out what members brought in, you know, uh, these so-called uh, tourists or whatever they were on the day before the invasion. That's one thing. Then, of course, uh, there were videos that were shot. And as you know, uh, there was at least one cop who was seen taking a selfie. Uh, with uh, some of the invaders. And then there's another shot where it appeared that there were some cops who were opening the barricade and letting them in. We do know uh, that there were some cops that were stationed at the entrance door uh, up under that tunnel going into the Capitol building where they tried uh, to hold them back. And I'm told that as they rushed them, one of them said, you better get out of the way. Uh, you cannot hold off all of us, the crowd will get you, will crush you. And uh, they left and the police left because the crowd was coming in on them. And so I believe that there were many rank and file Capitol Police who were exposed, who were naked, had not been given equipment, didn't know what to expect. And they were at the mercy 
of this crowd uh, that had come and invaded. And of course, that's the police chief's fault. That's the sergeant of arms' fault. If they, they did not properly train and get them ready uh, for what was going on. And so we have a lot of tales now about things that were noticed. There's one more with me. The woman who got killed, who got shot, uh, was from San Diego, California. And when they searched her car and she had a, a video where she targeted Kamala Harris, uh, Kamala Harris and Maxine Waters and said, uh, I'm putting you on notice. And so we're going to get a lot more of these kinds of stories about what people observed, what they saw, uh, what they learned. Uh, and so I'm advocating, as everybody else is, who really want to get to the bottom of this, deep investigation. We've got to know. And the FBI supposedly, supposedly has identified many of the, the pictures of individuals who were in the leadership, and they're out arresting uh, and charging, and they may be up to about 100 now. Uh, I understand they have thousands of calls, people calling in, identifying folks, and they are supposedly committed uh, that they're going to get them, they're going to identify them, and they're going to be charged and be held accountable uh, for this invasion that they took place. It's an awful thing, it's a terrible thing, and there's so much more that can be said about it, but of course, uh, you know, we will be talking about this for days to come. And of course, they're talking about it all over the world. And they don't believe that one of the so-called safest buildings in the world on Capitol Hill in the United States of America was breached in the way that it was. Do you feel safe now with all that's being predicted over the weekend? Do, do you feel safe in the Capitol? No, now? no. I don't necessarily feel safe. Uh, as you know, they're going to shut off uh, Capitol Hill for the most part. And as you know, we have uh, we have some new rules that have been put in place. We have some uh, the uh, machines that have been placed on all of the entrances to the uh, uh, to the Capitol floor, uh, where uh, we have to be searched if uh, the buzzer goes off. And we have Republicans who are refusing uh, to. Uh, uh, you know, be searched or to be wand. Uh, and uh, now Nancy Pelosi has issued uh, that they're going to be fined, I think something like $5,000. Uh, and if it occurs a second time, $10,000. So there are new rules. But for me, who and I'm very security conscious because my life is threatened all the time. And it was just a few weeks ago that it was another threat uh, that came through on the telephone uh, where uh, the caller you know, threatened to kill. I think he said he had an AK-47 or something. But I've never thought uh, that the follow-up and the investigations, when I or other members, and I do know that uh, some of our other members uh, have been uh, threatened uh, to be killed, and particularly women of color, you know, like uh, Ilian Omar, uh, who has been uh, threatened. And uh, oh, I think AOC has been threatened. And I don't know, uh, but Rashida, I think, has been threatened. And so I'm very uh, conscious and uh, about it. And I uh, try to be sensible in the way that I move around, in the way that uh, I live. But you know, uh, there are a lot of threats and a lot of talk on the Internet about them being in town 
uh, on the day of the inauguration. And uh, we have 20,000 uh, police in town now uh, who are, you know, here on all these corners, uh, you know, protect us, to protect us. But no, I don't feel safe. What about the Capitol Police? How are you feeling about them? Now, I know they've appointed uh, an African-American woman as acting chief, HBCU alum, and that's good. But but it, it, do you have any, in terms of your safety or even going forward, do you have any faith in that institution uh, to follow up in terms of investigating what happened and any faith in that institution in terms of holding some of its officers accountable that may have been complicit in this? No, it must be third-party investigation. No, I don't have any faith. Anytime the police chief uh, who's been running that organization and training people uh, told me uh, that everything was under control and assured me that it was, uh, no, I don't have any faith. And I'm, I'm pleased that they had someone to step in uh, and I have not interacted uh, with the uh, temporary deputy uh, police chief, and uh, I don't know anything about, you know, what the relationship was to her and the training and whether or not she was involved in the plan. I don't know any of that now, but no, I have no faith. So uh, are you at liberty? You probably aren't, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> are you at liberty to say who some of the members of Congress might be who gave those tours and, and shared that internal blueprint with some of these protesters? I don't, I don't really know who they are. Okay. Uh, and based on the information that was unveiled by a member of Congress who has demanded uh, and is supported in getting the names of all of the members of Congress who uh, helped to give access uh, to those who appear to be, as she termed it, doing reconnaissance. Uh, she's from the military and she would, would basically um, see this as casing the joint, as I would call it. And so uh, those names should be coming forward. Uh, but there are other things that will be investigated that are seeking out, uh, that there's some members who uh, may have been in contact with some of the terrorist groups, uh, knowing that they were coming and maybe assisted them to get here. We do know that Clarence Thomas's wife assisted in paying for, I think, 17 buses uh, to get people here. And we don't know if there were members of Congress who gave that kind of assistance, but it is suspected that there may have been. You know, it, it seems to me that if that's true, if that is found to be true uh, after an investigation, is that not itself, if a member of Congress did that, would that, would that not be a, 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 an example of insurrection itself? If a member of Congress no, that would be considered um, a, a part of of what happened and have some responsibility in it, and they could be uh, indicted, they could be invicted, charges could be brought against them, and that's precisely what the FBI is saying now: uh, that anybody that has been found uh, to have been, you know, involved with uh, directing, planning, organizing that kind of thing, uh, that they're going to be charged. Now, isn't it true, because I, I want to just go to what I was marveling at, and you know, I've been involved in, in civil disobedience on Capitol Hill when we demonstrated for statehood years ago. We never did anything like that. And one of the reasons, obviously, I mean, I know you just can't walk on the House or the Senate floor. 
isn't it true, Congresswoman Waters, that the thing that controls that people think you wear that those pins for decoration? Now, I, I don't I don't think you have yours on today, but normally, folks, they, the pin is worn on the lapel. That pin is it not the identifier that yeah. allows you to walk on that floor? In other words, if you don't have if you Congresswoman Waters didn't necessarily have your pin, they would they would stop you, right? Yes. You, that all eyes are on you as you approach uh, uh, the house and the buildings themselves. Uh, even before you get to the house, uh, the pen identifies a member of Congress. And even our spouses have special pens. Our spouses can't get in without their special pens uh, that, uh, that are uh, given to them. And so all eyes are on you. And so for them to have gotten on the Senate floor Either those who are responsible had abandoned their post when the protesters showed up or they let them in. That's incredible. So are you going to go to the inauguration? My family, some members of my family are urging me not to go. I, uh, I agree with them. As, how, as a member of your extended family, I agree with them. That's just me. Really? Go ahead. Well, um, I have, I think you know my grandson, Michelle, uh, Mikhail Moore. Mm -hmm. uh, Mikhail in particular has been on the phone every day. And he said, this is not something you have to do. Yeah. He said, and I don't think you should do it. And that's the direction I'm leaning in. We're supposed to have uh, to uh, our leadership today, uh, whether or not we're going to use the two tickets that we have been granted. And I at this point, I believe I'm going to not use those tickets that I'm not going to attend. I don't think any of you should go. I don't think Joe Biden should go. I'm just being very honest with you. Um, and, 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 you know, paranoia is a fear of that which doesn't exist. This is not paranoia. The, the system fell down the other day and you all's lives were put in danger. And you have people who are openly saying they want to harm all of you. Do it indoors. You know, I, you you remember when Reagan, I tell people, people forget this, Reagan's second inaugural, they had a big blizzard. They canceled everything. And what did they do? They did it indoors. That's, you know, it, and they did it in the Capitol with the few people who were there. And that was the end of it. I mean, one big deal. It was his second inaugural. But but I would be very concerned as 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 and your family is rightfully concerned because we just don't know. Back to Dr. King, we have not seen this many troops in Washington, D.C. since Dr. King was assassinated. That's right. That's right. And they are everywhere. They are in um, the basement of the Capitol. They are on the corners. They're in uh, vehicles. Uh, they're everywhere. Uh, and the only thing that I thought about, again, similar to when I was talking to the police chief, uh, if we're all outdoors, it's not so much whether or not uh, the numbers would be so big that they would overrun uh, all of the uh, officers who are outside, but could we be bombed from up, uh, above? Uh, could there be, uh, you know, that kind of an attack where we would all get taken out? Uh, because these people brought weapons with them, and they did have some bombs with them. Uh, I don't know how big they were or how dangerous they were, but they found all kind of big guns and equipment that they had. And, and I know you remember years ago when someone landed, what was it, a gyrocopter on the Capitol from the air? They just landed it. They didn't do anything, but, you know, what is the situation with the airspace? I think there's something to be concerned about. Now, folks, 
uh, quickly. So as you all know, on this show, on my show, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Queen Maxine Waters, Goddess Maxine Waters, coined the phrase, get ready for impeachment. That was in in March of 2017. And she said then that Donald Trump, this was, and this was the most important part of her prediction, that Donald Trump would lead us to impeachment. That's right. He has done it a second. Nobody asked Donald Trump to incite an insurrection. That's something he did on, when nobody said, you need to go out and incite an insurrection and violate the 14th Amendment. He did that on his complete own. And so right. now we are right back here. Where is that headed? Is What is the Senate going to do? Do you agree that the trial should wait till after the inauguration? What are your thoughts about this impeachment? Well, the first thing is I'm pleased that uh, we have the audacity to do a second impeachment. I was not pleased so much uh, because I always thought uh, that he should have been impeached earlier and that he basically uh, had made commitments to Putin and was aligned not only with Putin, uh, uh, but with some of the oligarchs of Russia. And I believe that he had an agreement with them that once he was president, he was going to lift the sanctions. I believe that he's compromised. I believe that he's dangerous. I believe that um, uh, he is capable of civil war. Uh, this invasion that we had, where he was obviously in support of domestic terrorists and had sent that message to them publicly in so many ways uh, that uh, he should have been impeached a long time ago and that no matter what the timing is now between his being uh, out of office and uh, the inauguration of Biden, let it go forward. Let us do the best that we can to get him impeached. If they could do it on Monday morning, I would be very, very, uh, well, we impeached him already. It's up to them to convict him. And if they could do it on Monday morning, I would be happy. Uh, and so now he's saying, well, it can't happen until the day of the inauguration. But what's interesting is this. McConnell has leaked to the press uh, that he thinks he should be and should have been impeached, uh, that uh, this is a way of getting rid of him in the GOP. So I don't know what he has up his sleeve. Uh, but, you know, uh, there is no honor among thieves. And so uh, you, you see that uh, Trump has always turned on folks, no matter whom they were. Uh, they were his friends one day and he fired them the next day. And McConnell has supported him one day. And now if he's ready to turn on him, so be it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pleased that we had the audacity to do it again. No. And con congratulations on that. It should, it should happen. Um, um, I, I hope McConnell does it and does go through with it. The question would, so if they convicted him, would he automatically lose his pension, his secret service and the ability to run for office again? Is that what would come of that? What I'm being told, and if I remember it correctly, you have to have another piece of legislation that would take away all of that. And that, you know, even if, uh, even if they convicted him, they'd have to run, uh, you know, uh, additional legislation that would specifically uh, strip him of everything. All right. Congresswoman Maxine Waters, um, God bless you. Thank you for, for everything you do. Uh, let me just say that is, is, and folks, she's always looking good too. That's a bad jacket you have. <laughs> and I teed in on it because I was looking for the pen, but I said, wait a minute, I see the jacket. I don't see the pen, but this is all good. Um, now, in terms of you going to the yeah. inauguration, 
I just say say this to you. What would our friend Dick Gregory say? You know what he would say. He would say he would suggest you not go. So no, because Dick Gregory would have a vision. Yeah, and he would keep us all up all night telling us. Yeah, yeah. The vision was about what was going to happen, and I paid attention to him. Yeah, and I would sit with him all night long <laughs> him, with all of the newspapers and everything else that he brought with him. Uh, because uh, you know he was a brilliant man. Uh, with an unusual talent, and uh, I had an appreciation for it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, we all appreciate you, and we all love you. Thank God you are safe. We want you to stay safe. Thank you uh, for for sharing um, that with us. And and folks, it just goes to show you use the term civil war. Uh, our enemies have not stopped their fight against us. We cannot stop our resistance to them. That's right. They, they've been carrying this on since the eighteen hundreds. And, right. and as Dr. King would say, oh, oh lastly, it must it, 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 it just close out on Dr. King. How meaningful is it that an African-American and a Jew would be elected from Dr. King's state, promoted by the very pulpit he served in a former Confederate state and all of that? That 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 says something right there, doesn't it? It does. And you know what it says? It's happened because of the work of Dr. Martin Luther King. And what he was able to instill in so many. Uh, when Stacey Abrams, you know, had the vision uh, to run and to understand that there were so many black people who were not registered to vote and even beyond them stealing that election from her, she continued on helping everybody to understand that voter registration is absolutely the key. And we've got to come up with new ways of doing it and new ways of approaching it. And you've got to believe that if you get people registered to vote, African-Americans in particular, you can win a state like Georgia. And so that is the work of Dr. Martin Luther King. That is Dr. Martin Luther King's words and wisdom uh, that is being carried out uh, by not only Stacey, but all of the people who worked so hard in Georgia, all of those black women who worked so hard, all of the money uh, that went in to uh, those candidates from, you know, blacks who are well off, put in a lot of money into the campaign. Yeah. So I am pleased. And, you know, we always say uh, when we want to be favored by those who have gone on, that they're looking down upon us. And so if there's ever a time uh, when Dr. Martin Luther King would be looking down upon us, it would be now. It, is, it certainly would be. Congressman Maxine Waters, we love you. Please continue to stay safe. And uh, we know you're going to continue to fight for us and seek accountability. Um, we know that, folks. And uh, once again, we she's gotten us ready for impeachment twice now. This is impeachment to people. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And how do you get impeached two times, Congress? Anyway, <laughs> who does that? But uh, 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 that's that dude. And hopefully he'll be vanquished uh, from political life forever. That's what we want. Yeah. yeah completely unhinged. We love you, Congresswoman. Thank you for your time, okay? Thank you. Love you. Love you, too. All right. Take care now. That's Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.